So this is what Paul makes clear. And he says in verse 14, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. You gotta know what he's talking about. There's a goal. Welcome to The Healing Touch with Bishop Ronald F. Kimball, presiding bishop of the Life Center Churches. You can find out more about Bishop Kimball and Life Center Church at www.thelifecenter.org. Now, here's Bishop Kimball with today's message. We're still in the book of Acts, and I think it's important that we deal with this subject of a transformed life. What Paul had was a transformed life. And you're going to find out some years later, he's still being transformed. Sometimes we could cut the transformation stage short Mm -hmm. because we jump to maturity instead of growing to maturity. There's a big difference between uh, my age when I was 20 years old and what I am now. I didn't jump there. I had to take it second by second all the way to where I am today. And this is how God operates with us. He allows us the opportunity to grow and mature and to learn of him so that we could be full grown Christian men and women and children. And I thank God for giving us these examples in the scripture. You know, after 40 years of serving in the wilderness and seeing God fire by night and a cloud by day for 40 years they saw God's presence among them for 40 years he dealt with Moses talking to him and in the end he still had to come get Moses because he made that one mistake that God didn't care too much for but he didn't throw his servant away he just didn't let him go into the promised land my God, that must have broke his heart. So we, we want to deal with this today, speak to you today on this transformed life and watch the Apostle Paul. And then I want to ask a question after we hear from my dear friend. Amen. Good morning, everyone. This morning, I want to give what I would call my opening commentary on the evidence of a transformed life, because in my reading in Acts here, I tell you, there's so much that we can learn from Saul's transformation. Mm-hmm. And we all have some relation to where we can identify in our personal journey and transformation some of the aspects that Saul encountered. First of all, I'd like to start by saying an encounter with God would bring about a transformation of perspective and attitude in our lives. We also have to realize that this transformation, as Bishop just alluded to, is not something that happens overnight. It is a process, and the Mm. process ends in the glory of God. It's also in the course of this process, I believe that there's three things that become evident. One, we begin to see through the eyes of Christ. We begin to hear with the heart of Christ. And number three, we do in accordance with the will of Christ. In order for these three things to happen, there must be a change or a transformation Mm -hmm. in our attitude, in our character, and in our relationship with God and with people, especially those saved and unsaved. So when we consider Saul's transformation, we can see evidence of these things in his life. After Saul's encounter on Damascus Road, we can see he had a reverence for God, a new reverence for God, and a new perspective and relationship towards the church. Mm -hmm. Also, I believe that during Saul's transformation, and this is so important for all of us, I believe that Saul prayed and asked God for forgiveness of his sins, especially his self-righteousness and his persecution of Jesus through those who followed him. 
Also, I am of the belief that he prayed for wisdom to know what God wanted him to do and that God would have mercy on him. Lastly, I just want to say this, that still today, the first fruit of conversion is always a new awareness of our relationship with God, a gratitude for his mercy, and a desire to know, please, and serve him. I believe that these are the ingredients to a godly life. It's through Saul's transformation that we can have a greater appreciation for what Peter says in 2 Peter 1, 3, and that is that God, divine power, has granted to us everything pertaining to life and godliness through the true knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and excellence. Wonderful, wonderful, the transformed life. Those three things that you mentioned is worth mentioning them again. The evidence of a transformed life, you say three things are evident. And what are those three things again? We begin to see through the eyes of Christ. Okay, so our vision change. Yes. Okay. We begin to hear with the heart of Christ. Oh, okay. So how we get information changes. Yes, right. <laughs> That's right. And the third one is we begin to do in accordance with the will. Uh, that can only come as you know the word of God. Yes, time so in the word. Time in the word. Yes, so sir. we err, we as Jesus say, not knowing the scriptures. Yes, sir. Now, as we begin to study this, it's wonderful. Yeah. That's wonderful. Good principles to live by. As we continue in the book of Acts, Paul is going to be the main figure here. He's going to be the focus, the center focus, I would say. There'll be Roman authorities and other people involved in church people. There's so many people involved, but he's going to be the main figure. And there's a lot to learn about him because when God arrested him, God gave him something to do. Mm -hmm. And it was a task that I know it's going to take more than any man to do it. God had a particular man he wanted to do it, and that was the Apostle Paul. And history says it was about 33 A.D. when Paul wrote this letter to the Philippians, 30, 32, most agree 33 A.D. The apostle Paul died at between 62, 67 A.D., which is about 34. He was 30, well, he was 60-something years when he passed. So it's between these years that we find that Paul had been in ministry. And here it is, 30 years later, he writes to the Philippians and say, I have not reached my goal. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? And it, it, it's amazing to me sometimes how we could jump ahead with God. We mature overnight. We are saved one week and the next week we, we, we want to prophesy. We have to let God develop us. Amen. We have to let God work with us. People, this is a lifelong journey. Yes. It's all your life. Mm -hmm. You're not going to arrive to the point where you could just sit back. What Paul had not obtained, he lets them know in Philippians. I want to read this in Philippians chapter 3, verse 12 and 13. Philippians chapter 3, and he makes it very clear that he is still searching and seeking God. He's got a goal. In verse 12, he says, not that I have already obtained it or have already become perfect, 
but I press on so that I may hold of that for which also I was laid hold of by Christ Jesus. Laid hold of is a Greek word that they translated. It, it means to apprehend. Mm -hmm. And God apprehended him, took hold of him. And this is God's way of doing things as we, we would see. He always initiates the contact, I would say, for whoever he wants to use. He initiates the contact. He initiated the contact with Abraham. He initiated the contact with Moses. And we could go right on down the line. The prophets, none of them were in a corner seeking God. They were all going about their daily endeavors, mm -hmm. and God arrested them. Now, what is it that Paul have not obtained? He said, but I press on so that I may hold of that for which also I was laid hold of by Christ. When God wants to use someone, he will apprehend them. That's the way God operates. We all were dead in sin, is what Ephesians tell us. We were dead. And you know, a dead man can't hear. Spiritually, we were dead. Of course, intellectually and, and naturally, we were alive. But spiritually, we were dead. That's just like going to a morgue or a cemetery or some funeral home and try to preach nobody's going to hear you in That's there. Right. Those That's people right. are dead. And this is what God is saying. You are dead. Now, mm -hmm. unless God had actually intervened at some time mm -hmm. to bring us to salvation, we all would be lost or we still would be lost. Yes. I want that to be understood before I go any further. You do not have the privilege of thanking God for what you did. It was all God from the beginning. Amen. And it'll be all God the rest of the journey. So this is what Paul makes clear. And he says in verse 14, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. You got to know what he's talking about. There's a goal, the upward call. We're talking some 30 years later. And this man is still trying to reach a goal. <laughs> and most of us have been in the church 30 years, man. We sit on the front row with a crown on. We've really arrived. Yeah, but good, it's an everyday journey until the day you leave here yes. or until God returns. That's when it's over. Amen. It's not over yet. Don't relax now. Mm -hmm. Keep pressing. Amen. Keep moving. In verse 9, he mentions something. He says here, well, I have to read verse 8 and 9. More than that, I count all things to be lost in view of the surpassing value of knowing Christ. The more you know Christ, the less this world gonna mean to you. That's the transformation that's taking place. The more you get of Christ, the less this world means. If you still want this world, you're still running after things in this world, if you still wanna be involved to the point where you have pushed God aside, the transformation process is really not helping at this point. He says, verse eight, more than that, I count all things to be lost in view Mm -hmm. of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't give up nothing for Jesus, is what he's saying. Yes. For whom I have suffered the loss of all things. This is what he says. Because I'm following Jesus, I have suffered the loss of all things. And is he hurt by it? He said, no. Mm -hmm. And count them but rubbish. Yes. So that I may gain Christ. On the Damascus Road, that was a transforming moment. Yes, sir. Yes, and sir. Paul, to 30 years later, he's still 
looking at it as if that's all that means anything to him is to know Christ Jesus. He says, and may be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own. Now that's very important. Not having a righteousness of my own because you know them scribes and Pharisees had their own righteousness. Right. And Jesus right. had to say, except your righteousness exceed that of the scribes and Pharisees, you're not going to make it. So he said, not having my own righteousness, this is a Pharisee speaking, a former Pharisee, which knows, not having my own righteousness derived from the law. Mm -hmm. Now that's very, very important. But he says this, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which comes from God on the basis of faith. What he's saying is the righteousness that's of the law, it is called in certain circles behavioral righteousness. That means if you act right, that's mm -hmm. what the fives and scribes and Pharisees yeah. were doing. Mm -hmm. They were acting right, mm -hmm. but they were not yeah. right in their heart. That's right. And you know, some people are righteous, that's behavioral mm -hmm. righteousness. Mm -hmm. I look righteous, long as I'm righteous on Sunday, I'm mm -hmm. righteous. That's good. Well, come Sunday afternoon, Monday, I could get back to my old uh -huh. lifestyle. Mm -hmm. And this is not the righteousness Paul is talking about. He said, that's not the righteousness I have. Mm -hmm. He said this here, but that which is through faith in Christ, that's righteousness right there. Faith in Christ, the righteousness which comes from God on the basis of faith. Amen. Abraham believed God and it was counted unto him for righteousness. Amen. So Amen. acting right and being right is two different things. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Then Lord. he says, we know God through knowing Christ. Mm -hmm. that's, that's how you do it. This is what he said. It is the righteousness which comes from God on the basis of faith. God accepts you because you believed Christ and you received him by faith. And that is what determined your righteousness. God declared you righteous Amen. on the basis of your faith in Jesus Christ. Okay, knowledge based on personal experience and intimate relationship. That's what God wants. He wants your righteousness to be based on your personal experience. You know you know Jesus. You know you have accepted Jesus and you have a personal relationship with him and that is what I consider biblical righteousness. Not behavior. We all can act like saints, mm -hmm. but it takes somebody in touch with Jesus. Now, God calls according to the Damascus Road what Paul says. He was pressing towards something. I still haven't told you what the goal was. He <laughs> said, what's the goal? God calls comes with being taken hold of. Yes, sir. This, this is not something frivolous. This is not something you do at the spare of the moment. God calls comes with being taken hold of by Christ Jesus. That's what happened on the Damascus Road. And I thank God for Luke, the writer, and the Holy Spirit, who really opens up and make it plain to us how God operates in that endeavor. Then when he came back to Jerusalem, God didn't have a big crowd waiting for him, a yes. big reception, Paul saved. He told Ananias, who was really a low-key man, to go and lay hands on him. And God kept everything in its proper perspective. He didn't do nothing to make Paul feel like his ego was out there on the clouds, right. you know. It was very low-key. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Sometimes Amen. we get saved, and for a week or two and all, now all of a sudden, we God's gift to the church Slow it down, my brother and sister. Right. Slow That's it down. Right. Let's walk this thing out. Thank you for listening to today's broadcast. If you'd like this message in its entirety, contact us by phone 
at 407-628-3229, extension 114, or visit our online store at www.thelifecenter.org. 